Okay, say some things. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. Hello, Julianne here. This episode features conversation about the crossroads of science and intuition in the brand new book, The Premonition Code, How Sensing the Future Can Change Your Life. Science combines with spirituality in this revolutionary new book as best-selling dream author and Cambridge University academic, Teresa Chung joins forces with cognitive neuroscientist, Dr. Julia Mossbridge, and together they explain and examine scientific research showing that sensing the future is possible and that it's not set in stone. The Premonition Code is available now, and you can access the companion website, thepremonitioncode.com, for in-depth training and testing of your own precognitive skills. Yes, your precognitive skills. How did I know you were interested? Hmm. Well, here's our conversation with Teresa Chung. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm pretty excited to talk about this new book that you have, The Premonition Code. It's the science of precognition and how sensing the future can change your life. And this is a subject I'm sure of interest to our podcast listeners. But as you might know, our podcast is about the tarot and about archetypes, but in kind of a non, we call it the non-woo-woo kind of way. And I think for us, uh, Sundara and I were both, um, it's very important for us to really understand the line between You know, when you get into that level of superstition, of kind of handing your your power, as it were, away to an oracle or or something. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, I really appreciated in your book how you approached the idea of precognition and its relation to the scientific studies and things that have been done. Um, So if you could talk a little bit more about sort of your point of view in kind of speaking to that, because most of us, we all have intuition, but it can take us down a rabbit hole that's not helpful. Well, I'm the rabbit hole half of the book, (laughs) because the book is a collaboration between two ladies coming from very, very different worlds. It's been part of the magic of it. Um, the dominant voice is Dr. Julia Mossbridge, who is a neuroscientist um, at the, uh, and a fellow of the Institute of Neurotic Sciences, who's been published in the American Psychological Journal and is known as the Time Lady, the precognition expert. Her studies and research into precognition have made it into scientific journals. And her, her book last year, Transcendent Mind, was published by the American Psychological Association and broke new ground, caused quite a lot of controversy because it was the first for the American Psychological Association to publish a book about transcendent states, i.e., you know, separate from your body, consciousness existing separate from mm. your body. So you can imagine in the scientific community, you know, what a, what a, how controversial she is, but also how what I find very enjoyable about Dr. Julia is that she's able to have a foot in both worlds. She she studies all this that we work in, but she also is highly respected in the scientific community. And I think that's very, very powerful now because I think the future of our is merging 
science and spirituality. So I'd been following her for a while and looking at her research because one of the criticisms I got in my writing, because I'm I'm not a scientist. I mean, I studied theology and religion at Cambridge. I, I'm an intuitive. Um, uh, it's all about personal belief. You know, a lot of my books are collections of stories that people have had, that they've encountered heaven or they've had glimpses of the future, exactly. So I'm so unscientific, it's not true. But the criticism I, I, had, I got when I went on social media was, where is the science? It's all very great what you're talking about, and you're bringing, bringing some academic credibility to it because of your background, your academic background. But it's not scientific, and I got hounded with that, and I got fed up. So I went on a search <laughs> to find scientists who, you know, and, and of course, someone like me trying to find a scientist who would be willing to co collaborate with me was quite something. But initially I started as I approached the Institute of Noetic Sciences and I got the whole science team actually on board because I asked them to post on my reader page on Facebook two minutes talking about their research. So you had great scientists there like Dr. Dean Radin, Dr. Arnold Delorme, um, uh, Dr. Helena Wame, uh, Gareth Yont, Julia Mossbridge, they're all, as uh, Cassandra Vieton, all talking on my page about their research into the paranormal and for my readers that was quite a revelation because we'd all given up thinking there was no science and here was me saying look credible scientists today are studying consciousness and the idea that a part of you can be separate from your body or glimpse the future or, or experience the paranormal and it was amazing and I got on very well with Julia because um my most best-selling book is about dreams. I wrote the Element Encyclopedia of 20,000 Dreams for HarperCollins. And she is the dream expert, the scientist of dreams and precognition at ION. So obviously there was a natural sort of um, uh, uh, connection between us because of that. And I started to ask her to um, do quotes from my books. Or I say, I'm going to quote you in my next book or and to interview for my next book. And, and that, you know, the reception was very good. I put her on my website. And then I thought... Precognition, because my publisher was wanting me to write a book about intuition, precognition. And then I suddenly thought, the person who studied it properly, maybe they should write it, because I would have approached it in the way I approach all my other books anecdotal, gentle exercises based on personal experience, you know, timeless, timeless wisdom, which is all wonderful and has a place. But I was trying to move things forward. And however, the premonition code does i'm proud of it because it's kind of it for first of all it gives credibility to all my other books i hope because it's showing that there is science about what i write mm -hmm. but also i hope it moves things forward um and when new scientist magazine an american scientist requested a copy i i nearly seat. Can you imagine wow I write about angels. I mean, they didn't actually, they were thinking about doing a feature about it. It didn't transpire in the end, but it was because Dr. Julia Mossbridge was involved and it was an interesting thing, prospect. And I'm hoping in time that maybe one day New Scientist and American Scientific will do um, <laughs> something about these scientists. But the fact they even requested a copy, we felt job done. We are getting what we study and write about and live and believe on the map. Um, and the reaction to the book has been quite fascinating in, in scientific circles. People are scratching their head, um, um, curious, but that's all I wanted. I wanted to move 
things forward. I mean, I could just spend the rest of my days, I'm very blessed, writing books about intuition and about dream interpretation, but it would be on the same path. And I wanted to just sort of take things up a notch. And But this book, my readers, some of my readers are a bit confused with it because this book is very scientific. It's, mm-hmm. not, a comfort, it's not a comfort read. <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of my books I write to help you feel better about yourself maybe or to um to to have you know connect with your inner wisdom etc this book does it to a certain extent but first of all it's like going back to university you're going to get a physics lesson you're going to learn about the science of time and how is it possible for a premonition to happen and julia tries to explain it um and that was my role was to try and get her to explain it in a way that I hope the general reader can understand. But every point we make in the book, as you'll see in the back, the resources is backed up by a solid study that's been done. This is not woo, this book. This is based (laughs) on solid scientific research. And then we thought we'd take it one step further and we would develop a website, www.thepremonitioncode.com. Now, the website is Dr. Julia Mosbridge's home. I'm just floating around there talking about the book and the vision, etc. But Dr. Julia Mossbridge, with her coding team, has created what we believe is the first of its kind, a scientifically validated precognition training program. Now, if people log on to that, it's totally free, by the way. This is a scientific experiment, a global scientific experiment into the reality of precognition. People can go on there and start training and learning the science, scientific, and being tested scientifically with with the hope that maybe one day they can make it into the Hall of Fame and become scientifically validated <laughs> precognitives. We want to challenge James Randi and his million dollar uh, psychic challenge where he said, if anyone can prove psychic powers to me that are real, I'll give them a million dollars and famously nobody ever won it. But our criticism of James Randi is he wasn't a scientist. Scientists should be studying this. Scientists like Dr. Julia who are objective and we hope that that's what we've provided there so that if somebody makes it to the Hall of Fame, it is scientifically validated because there is no possibility of fraud, cold reading or all these criticisms you get for usual psychic testing. <laughs> Sorry, I've rambled a lot. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Hey, you've, you've just answered many of the questions I've had. But um, I, <laughs> I'm happy to talk about them again. But Interview but done now. <laughs> I mean, the website actually is the power of the book. The website is what we hope will live on because the website is is, is the precognitive, the scientifically controlled precognitive training. But I warn people, it's tough. First of all, you're going to get some lectures from some very, very clever people on there, and you better brush up your science skills. And but we we want it to be hard because we want want people to know the science of it first and to learn that, and then to go to the testing site where there are thousands of random images. And you'll be taken through a six-step program, scientifically controlled, which will encourage you to tap into your intuition and kind of guess which image is going to come up. There's no way you can possibly know what image will come up there because it's random and there are thousands of images on the computer. And people who score above chance will get credits. And eventually, if they continue to do that over a period of time, we'll make it into the Hall of Fame. And Julia wants to and her team want to study these people because they are proving consistently above chance that their precognitive powers, their ability to glimpse a future event that hasn't happened is higher than chance. It's, I, I've been on the site myself and I downloaded. It's so tough, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is, it is definitely for those who are 
serious about this and something I really wow. I appreciate about the, the the science behind it. So it's for me as a as a person who's been kind of working in these worlds and working kind of on a psychological yes. level, yes. I really I've appreciate <laughs> the the hard science part of it. But anybody who's serious about kind of strengthening those muscles and getting a program around something that can feel very, very amorphous and a little bit, you know, spooky or what have you yes. um, and wants to do it in, in such a way and also contribute scientifically. And I think that's really, really yes. important is if we have more people say reading the book and hopping onto the website, becoming, you know, a positive precog as you call them, because the way that the book is kind of written is like kind of gathering your tribe getting people yes, together and to people to but what she's saying is it doesn't matter if you because you know most I mean I haven't passed it I mean I'm, I'm not in the hall of fame and I pride myself on being intuitive but that doesn't matter the very fact that you're training and you're thinking about it is actually strengthening that muscle and it takes time it's like learning a musical instrument you can't expect to play a piece brilliantly without the scales and the practice and it's exactly the same with this and we are encouraging people every time you go on and do these tests testing, your score will be collated and we will be part of the scientific database that they've got. So you are actually taking part in a scientific study. Is precognition real? Every time you do it and you you getting it wrong is just, just as valid and useful information as, as people, you know, scoring higher. But just because you don't score high first time, please don't worry. It can take a long time and Julia encourages people to practice every day and do the same test you know because you'll get familiar with how it's done and you will find in time if you stick with it and we've seen this with people test subjects they improve because precognitions like that the more you think about it the more you focus on it the more likely you are to become intuitive um, and that studies have shown that as well that um, people who, are, who spend more time focusing on it and thinking about it tend to to improve over time I I agree, and it's something interesting that happened to me when I um I've uh, I've never really had a precognitive dream that I'm aware of or that I could go back and note. But as I'm reading the book, about halfway through, I I would have dreams that I would remember because I'm I understand that if you're not paying attention to something like dreams, you're probably not going to remember them. And there's methodologies to remember your dreams, right? So you know you do certain things, but just because I was reading the book and thinking about dreams, I started having these really interesting, very, very memorable, I call mm -hmm. them right before you wake, because it feels like I just finished having the dream and then I woke up and I was able to retain it. But they became kind of Jungian pre precognitive dreams, or that's the way I looked about the uh, looked at them a couple of days later, because they were mapping to things happening in my life, but it was highly symbolic not exactly mm -hmm. literal mm -hmm. but there were there were always literal pieces and so i kind of hold those as interesting i don't flip out and go oh my god that was a precog dream i went ooh interesting i just started really paying attention to my dreams because i'm reading this book and then i would have these very 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 powerful dreams and they weren't giant events in life but they were things that are actually happening and they were at the end of the day um, beyond a novelty. They were like, that's really helpful. Like I just got this sense of like, that was incredibly helpful to me. And it was just yes. from reading the book and going, ah, yes, I need to put my attention on this and what we 
focus on grows just naturally. So yeah, what you what you focus on, you draw to you exactly. Uh, um, but but the, I, the powerful message I want to give across, and that's actually my role in the book. I do kind of feel a bit like the light relief in the book because Julia actually is 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 very intuitive woman, and uh, she actually dreams for a living she will um she's a bit like an oracle people will ask her questions and then she will go to sleep and give the answer through the dream she dreams every night and a lot of her dreams have actually helped people make important life decisions um i'm not that gifted at it and so through the book i say look hang in there don't despair because i have my moments of of, of precognition and intuition but the great majority of the time i'm i'm a bit like <laughs> the reader hey this this isn't happening so I don't want people to despair because it's all a journey and we're all at different stages and for not for people to feel bad because they're not getting the hit it's the last thing we want we're just saying that the more you focus on this um the more exciting your life will get as well the more thoughtful you become because you'll be thinking about what kind of future you're creating because is something we hope the book would encourage people to do was to think more about their future and to make friends with their future self, um, which we do believe exists in some realm that you know everything's on a continuum, that, that all selves you know uh, are uh, it's it's not linear it's 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 like a loop, and and to kind of make friends with your future self and and treat your future self with care. I mean that's that's quite a sort of like strange concept to get your head around and people probably look at you and think what are you talking about? But we have this exercise the higher your future self handshake where you kind of like say to your future self we're going to take care of each other, right? Future self you look out for me and I'll look out for you and we're going to create the best possible version of me that we can through working together. <laughs> And not being frightened. Let's not be frightened of the future. Let's not be frightened of it. Let's make friends with our future. Um, because if you look at all the scientific research, past, present, and future, they are not what we believe they are. All all our ideas about that are now being changed by by the way science is developing with quantum theory and everything. We need to radically rethink our approach to what is the past, what is the present, what is the future. I I always I get the, in my layman's terms. I always think of linear time as being the thing that prevents our brains from melting because yes, our brains exactly, are wired for exactly. order. It's a survival mechanism and it's, it's how our brains kind of sort through things. Um, but we, you know, we only, we're where we're in our dreams and where we go with our memories, we know that past, present and future merge. Um, yeah. And every near death experience that I've recorded that happens, that there is no past, present, future. There is no time. Um, and this is very, very tough stuff to get your head around. But science is starting to show that that is actually more real than our idea of linear time. Right. And I think that's what's so, so cool about books like yours. And you do an exercise. And this is something I started doing immediately because I hadn't, I hadn't done it in, uh, I didn't have the specifics that you laid out and that is the handshake and the way I interpreted it and I started practicing it for myself was really before I did anything, before I drew a card or before I did a practice, I would, you know, I kind of blended in the Jungian um, active imagination piece with it to make it a little bit more real, Brilliant. but I would sit Brilliant. in a chair and be like, this is my rational egoic self. And I was like, this part of me is important. This is what's walking around most of the time, right? This is generally what people are meeting on a regular basis or where I feel like they're meeting, right? So there's 
I give um, honor and recognition to the egoic rational self. And it's like, that's really important. I need rationality. My ego is part of you know, who I am. And then I sat in the other chair, I'm either literally or kind of in my, in my mind and was more of the soul spirit self, the future self, all of the realm that I'm not normally accessing, you know, the more ethereal realm yeah. and said, you have the keys to these doors. I really need you. We need to be in partnership. And so I'd have a little dialogue where both got honored and where the sort of the, the tasks were divvied up. <laughs> where it was like the rational <laughs> the rational bits and these bits are here, but also recognizing that this part is very limited. The other can see it all. That was incredibly helpful. That just that exercise yeah. in and of itself, because I don't think we do that very often. Um, but that actually, as I led into other things that I was doing and the exercises, that made a really big effect. Your website wasn't up yet. So I was using the app that Ions made, PsyQ, um, which I believe yeah, Dr. Mossbridge uh, is involved in. that now. She's, she is now going to be called Psy3. Julia, Julia oh. has inherited that now. Oh, good. Um, she owns it now. So I think that will be available on the website too. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, because it's on um, your phone and I found it very, yes. very handy to have there and the exercises in that uh, the listeners could definitely check out that the app will we'll link to it in the podcast notes but that is like a very quick way to sort of tune in to, and it gives you immediate results I think there's 10 little exercises in each section um, but it was brilliant in a way that I could see that I was creating that partnership together of let's just say mind and spirit uh, or soul that really, really made a difference. And I, I think for myself, I noticed that my intuition was more available and more heightened. Like I could get a sense of what it was. Because I think where most people struggle with their intuition is when you really, really need an intuitive answer, but things in your life are a bit out of control, that's when you need the intuitive answer. But because you get so much anxiety sussing yeah. out where where that is can be really, really tricky. So, yes. and you address that in the book, I think very well in the, um, having these tools, having the website, having an app and all of this is I think going to be very helpful for people because it, it kind of, it gives you exercise, gives you something real to do. Well, also, um, we have, if, if you, um, join our telegram community or Facebook, you can get you know, because Julia answers all queries, you can be in touch with her directly, immediately. It's very intimate. We have a Telegram group um, where people are chatting right now. I'm looking at my phone and, you know, you've got people there talking about their development. And I think that's lovely. She's already building a community. So far, we have about 30 members on it. Um, the book hasn't launched yet, but these are from pre-orders. People starting the training and asking Julia questions. I, occ I occasionally pop in there if it's a dream interpretation thing but most of it's the science so that's also a real gift for the book to get in touch with a neuroscientist who's studying this directly um and not not you know have to do it you know trying to contact her other ways which can take months you can just straight away if you've read the book and you've logged in which is all free of charge you get access to dr julia and you know it, unless we get that inundated that will continue because we realize that this is a niche topic, precognition, so we don't think that, that she will get inundated, that hopefully there'll just be enough um, that people can feel that they're they actually in touch with a teacher. So if you're struggling with something, you can say, hey, 
Dr. Mossbridge, tell me what I'm doing wrong or help me. It's like going back to university. It's lovely. <laughs> it really is. And so I've had a question. I don't, off the top of my head, I don't recall it being answered in the book. There, so the word you, you're using premonition and precognition in, in the book. Yes. I, I always struggle. I have never really thought of myself as precognitive. Um, yep. And I don't, you know, I've never really hung a shingle saying, hey, I'm a psychic intuitive, but I certainly have done readings for people. But I keep, mm -hmm. I keep a lot of my um, psychological training and archetypal symbols because to me, symbols are the language of the soul. So they, yeah, they, they go, yeah. they use the rational mind, but they kind of belie it at the same time. So is there in your um, experience, is there a difference between intuition and precognition? Okay, I get asked this all the time. I know. <laughs> Bas yes and no. Basically, intuition is a sort of the beginnings of precognition. Precognition is basically intuition plus it's the super advanced level of intuition. Intuition is a hunch and a sense of what you should be doing. Precognition is an absolute knowing and the defining feature of precognition, we talk about this in the book, when you have a genuine precognition, there is no hesitation and you typically want to take action. When we have intuition, it's more of a thought thing that maybe I should do this, whatever, but when it's a precognition or a premonition, People take action. For example, they head in another direction or they decide they're going to contact someone. They're thinking about contact because their premonition has suggested that they would. If your precognition is followed by action that you take and that action proves to be true, that is precognition. Intuition is more an, a sense. So I would say it's like the uh, seed, whereas precognition is the, the flowering plant. I like that. So it's that. all the same. Um, um, it's all the same. And also precognition now has become the scientific term for almost all psychic abilities. If you go to scientific journals um, and academic journals, precognition is the term that they use to describe clairvoyance, sixth sense, gut instinct, all these things. It's become almost like a, an umbrella term in the scientific community. So I, I, we don't want people to get too hung up on that, but just to think of it that, that if you're talking scientifically, talk about precognition. If you're talking from a spiritual perspective or personal perspective, talk about intuition because people will understand that more. Yeah. Oh, no, that totally makes sense to me. And just the word itself is very sciencey. Precognition. It kind of, <laughs> yes, it, it really, it brings and it back to the... Um, you know, what we've, the scientific, what we're able to study. And now that more and more scientists, and I've heard of studies at Duke University, and I'm, I'm familiar, yeah, I'm familiar with ions. And it's one of those things that science, it's, it's amazing. Science moves very quickly and incredibly slowly, you know, at the yes. same time, it is, it's paradoxical. So one theory, if it gets put out to the world, and then it's proven wrong, because that's science, right? Um, it takes a long time for everybody else to come around to understand oh, yes. that their regular, their regular, their held belief has been proven false a long time ago. Oh, that, I think that's one of the reasons why there's been such a resistance to studying the paranormal because, uh, you know, it kind of like throws everything out of the bathwater, you know, because it overturns all accepted theories that science believes it has established. So I think that's one of the reasons for the resistance within the scientific community to take the paranormal seriously. But I'm so delighted that, especially in the last five years, there are so so much anecdotal evidence now, so much, which is data, 
that it's impossible to ignore. And it started actually with near-death experiences. Yeah, that was the true. breakthrough with, with Sam Parnia, Dr. Sam Parnia. And he doesn't even believe in life after death. But what was happening is because he pioneered resuscitation techniques and, and because of these pioneered these innovations in resuscitation, people are coming back from the brink of death, whereas before they would have passed away and taken their stories with, you, with them. He was noticing that so many people were coming back with stories like this. And he thought, I've got, this is, I've got to collect this as scientific data. Something is going on. And, and his, his studies were taken very seriously by the scientific community and the media because it made it into all the national newspapers. Um, his research into near-death experiences and proving that three minutes after the body and brain have died, consciousness still is alive. How is that possible separate from the body? Um, and ongoing research is, is, is ongoing. And that, I think, was the trigger to start you know, telepathy, precognition, um, all these other psychic abilities afterlife visions all that study it scientifically um and it's very exciting times now to have you know university departments looking into this and not just from a psychological perspective because that was the old argument scientists would oh it's a psychological um you know form of comfort etc near-death experiences are are the hallucinations of the dying brain all that mm. um, and now that is all being shown not to be true um, in various different ways. And um, Julia, with her research into presentiment, presentiment is when the body senses something is going to happen before it happens. Um, and her studies typically would involve that uh, uh, before a scary or a happy image is flashed on a screen, there's a, an increased heart rate before the scary image is, is, is shown. It's almost like the body knows which image is going to come up and that's been been studied and, and her research in presentiment which is precognition through the body that's what's making waves in, in scientific journals because um, it's showing that the body kind of knows before an event happens what's going to happen i mean you see that in animals sometimes as well um you know, oh there's, yeah there's a yeah um and, and that that's exciting to study you know that the increased sweating or in raised heart rate before before something happens um and that's been studied by daryl bem as well and julia mossbridge is carrying on that tradition of, of studying that and yeah well an animals too i mean they they know when you're on your way home um yeah, and yeah. they've they've done the studies and my, my cat will do that she'll be sitting waiting at the window for me and how does yeah. she know that I was driving up and I've had my neighbor go, oh, no, as soon as, you know, she will sit in the window about two minutes before you drive into the into the lot. So and it's like incredible, they know, isn't it? they yeah, know, they know, true. they know. And, and but but, you know, in humans that, that there is that presentiment, it's called it is real. Um, and uh, that is that is fascinating, I suppose, as, as a tarot reader. You know, maybe there is a physical sense before the card is turned over what it's going to be. That would be an interesting study, wouldn't it? I think it would. <laughs> I think it would be. And it's interesting because uh, Sindera's background is um, also in psychology and she has her master's in counseling psychology. But she she went to the um, she was studying, you know, the, the Jungian, the more, you know, mythology and understanding stories and, and basically story based you know, how we tell our stories and intuition. And we and we came to the tarot more as storytelling and more as an analog to the hero's journey that included much more of the feminine and much more, you know, we thought it was just a more interesting story and more applicable, 
to people. And so I think both of us used symbol cards like the tarot and others to help draw out what's what's in your interior. So it, it's it's almost as if it combines both the story self, the intuitive self, and then the rational self, like, oh, this, you know, this looks like this. So this is saying this. And, it, and all of it is important and all of it can draw out for our clients something that will be helpful. So for us, it's very, very natural for things to be organic for for you less paying attention to oh here's what the you know three of swords means and that it's like yeah but what what is what's coming from within you in relationship to it so we've yeah. we've always we've always done that and been fascinated with um other methodologies and people who are in sciences so this is a great topic for for our show that combine both the rational you know, it's for me personally, it's great to have the validation of the scientific community. But I think a yes. long, a long time ago, I was like, they'll come along. I didn't want to, you know, worry too much <laughs> about that. But, you know, it's, it, it is. It's, it's, it's because of all the developments with quantum theory and everything. There's, they, there's no way they have to. They have to go and, 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 and analyze the paranormal and the invisible. And I also think the advent of more women in science mm-hmm. is pushing this movement towards um you have to acknowledge the importance of the inner world feeling or separate from the body, because when it was more male dominated, the scientific community, it was very external. And I think that's actually a very interesting um, idea that with more women in science now that we're studying more, the, the feeling, the, the inner world is given just as much importance as the outer world. Because after all, that's what noetic means. It means mm-hmm. the inner world, the inner wisdom which, of course, in tarot, you would be tapping into all the time. Yes, and uh, I think your book does a very, very good job of having, and, and the language we frequently use, and more, more often recently, we use the archetypal masculine and feminine. So the yes. in, interior, interiority and exteriority, the, the relationship side, as well as, you know, that kind of, like, rational side. And um, it's... As Sting said the other day, the future is female, and I'm like, good on you, Sting. Thank you. But it is. is. There's so much that we have lacked, and I think the future is, I would say the future is feminine, at least for an epoch, but that includes men, and that includes the archetypal masculine discovering its innate femininity. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I I, I do believe that, and I think, you know, uh, scientists like Dr. Julia are, are kind of leading the way. In, in doing this and showing the scientific world, you cannot ignore the interior world. You cannot ignore these transcendent experiences that people have. You cannot ignore the world that is separate from the body. Dreams, hunches, intuitions, feelings, these cannot be ignored. They are as real as the physical. Yeah. Um, and that, I hope the Premonition Code pays homage to that because that's what we want to show. Um, in 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 our in our very sort of like unique way, it is a very very unique book, and we hope one day it'll become a bit of a cult thing, because <laughs> you've got an angel lady working with a neuroscientist, um, two worlds together. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it for that reason and what it it brings to the reader and people interested. So this is like it's definitely something I could see people sharing with their friends and their partners. 
to say. Yeah, but it comes with a warning. It's a it's a tough read. I'm, it, I'm not going to, to lie about it. I'm going to be absolutely honest. It is tough. You have to wait. You have to re read it, and it's going to wake your mind up, especially if you're not scientific. Um, and going on the website is tough. But it, like anything in life, there's the challenge there of trying to understand it. It's a bit like watching the Matrix movies. You know, you have to watch them several times yeah. to really understand it. And it's the same with the premonition code. <laughs> it's it's true. I'm glad you said that because it's to me that's it's, it's not a bug. It's a feature. And it did take me a while to yeah. read it. You and I, I think, got connected together months and months ago. And I had the ebook, and then I was like, can you get me a paperback? Because it's really hard to read this on a screen. Because it, it really is... <laughs> And the paperback helped a lot, let me tell you. So I could just I could just bookmark it and put it down because I'd be like, Yeah, my brain yeah, is you've full. Got decades of research there, Dr. Judy's research and you know, the you know, even the footnotes are you know, you've got basically when you read this book you'll know more about precognition than anybody on the planet, really, because it's all in there. It's great. You and know, I do you want it's you only, want to know where the science is at. It's only like 211 pages. So I don't want yes. I don't want our listeners to freak out and thinking that they're going to get this big <laughs> bug squashing book. The co-author is co saying, look, <laughs> I, I'm struggling to understand it sometimes. <laughs> you know that you're in for a, a bumpy ride, but enjoy it because uh, life, life, you know, things shouldn't be always so easy. And, and, you know, it's good. It's good. Take your time with it. Enjoy it. And also, if you have queries... Dr. Julia and myself are available online to answer and we will answer as, you know, unless it gets like massively popular, we will answer everyone who, who has queries and is struggling with it or wants to be pointed to a resource. And it's all free of charge because I say this is our vocation. For Dr. Julia, science is her vocation. And with mine, it's spreading the word about the paranormal. Um, we do it from the heart and uh, and uh, and it's 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 simply to to push the movement forward and to gather information and to help people learn about it. That's why we do it. So my advice to our listeners is hop on this really soon because it could get incredibly popular and you won't be able to get your, you won't get Dr. Julia or Teresa. Well, then she has <laughs> a team of people. I mean, she has a team of scientists. Yeah, no, and, and having that, people. having that out there is, is massively important because you can just be alone in your corner reading the book and going, but, 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 but this resource is there. So I, I I, I think it'll do well and it's most definitely worth worth a read and in using it as a resource as well. So it's got, you know, the book has legs, as we like to say. It really, there's yeah, it's a resource. If, you, if, you, if in your research or studies you want a resource where everything is gathered together about precognition in an easy way, it's there. All the, you know, the chapter, the footnotes have got all the, the key studies in the last 10 years, 15 years that you need to know about. And the key names as well. I mean, we've got people like Ed May in the book, you know, Joe Mockneagle, all these, I, you know, and Julia has lunch with these people. That's the world she mixes in. Like she's at a big conference this weekend talking about precognition. You know, she was recently at, at um, I believe, at Harvard lecturing about it. So she mixes with all the people who are working in this field. So, you know, you're, you're getting, you're getting what is, typically hidden in academic journals or scientific journals because it is they, they keep it all secret what they're doing they're, what they're developing and this this book tries to open it up oh that's wonderful I think the timing is perfect too I think it's wonderful that at the end of, of 2018 or towards the end of 2018 that we have this a lovely blend of you know hard science with you know intuition stuff and precognition what we've 
what we've always known and um, validation is important, but also as a resource. So thank you. Thank you so much for, well, for thank being you on for the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. And we will make sure that everyone can get a hold of you and have more information linked in the episode notes. And, and so. really, thank you for the great work you're doing. I mean, you know, just all these people listening, uh, you know, thank you, because I know you do it from the heart, too. And uh, thank oh, you. Thank you. We know you could have done something else with the last 40-ish minutes of your life, but we're so glad you spent it with us. Be sure to check out The Premonition Code and connect with Teresa and Dr. Mossbridge on their website. Links and such are in the episode notes. And find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and let us know what you think. We always love hearing from you. And if you'd like to become one of our most favorite people in the world, become a patron. Just visit tiny.cc slash tarot and you too could be like these awesome humans. Sarah, Geneva, Richard, Hillary, Kat, Peter, Rash, Christine, Allie, and Yvonne. Thank you guys. Your support makes all of this happen. And you make us smile every day. Produced by Both and Media. Theme music by The Lunar Group. Aloha.